You're listening to a message from Micaiah Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. Focus on the foundation. You say, how do I fix the relationship? Focus on the foundation. You know what too often we do? We focus on feelings, not the foundation. And God is speaking to you this morning saying, hey, you're trying to fix feelings, that's the symptom. But you gotta get below the surface what's really going on. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. Today we kick off a new series entitled The Vow, and I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in this series. Can't wait. But before we dive into all the good stuff, can we just have a moment of silence for the Rams, just for a moment, and just mourn for just a moment. It says, mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep, and uh, we're just weeping for our California teams, but the best quarterback did win the day. How many thought that was the... Oh, man, we have some of those in our church. I don't know if you came to the right church. I don't, I don't know. I'm having second thoughts now, but no, no, no. Uh, it's all right. We're, we're just getting over our wounds, all right? We're just licking our wounds this morning, but we're excited to have you here. Glad that you are here. Looking forward to what God is going to do and speak to us this morning out of this new series. We are kicking off a uh, timely, fitting uh, dating and marriage series on the Uh, weekend before Valentine's Day. And guys, if you're still looking for that great Valentine's Day gift, may I make a few suggestions to you this morning? Uh, If you're looking for a gift that says romance and I love you, at our guest center, we sell Southridge t-shirts and mugs and journals and pens and nothing says romance like a nice Southridge shirt, okay? And if you really want to turn up the heat, we even sell hoodies back there, okay? So that's what all the guys want, more clothing on their wife this week, right? Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's not it. Some of you are like, did he just say that in church? Yes, I did, all right, lighten up. The first crowd was just like there. I was like, wow, where are you guys? Let's wake up this morning. And uh, I think they were taking it the hardest, the loss to the Patriots this last weekend. And I was like, it wasn't really a Super Bowl. I mean, it wasn't, the, the Saints were supposed to be there anyway, so what are, we, what are we mad about? I mean, the Saints are the ones that got cheated. That's who we should be upset for. So we're looking forward to just a great day, and we are kicking off this Relationship Marriage Series, but let me just talk to the ladies this morning just for a moment. Let me talk to the ladies, all the single ladies, all the, no, no, and uh, um, let me just talk to the ladies. How many of you, maybe you're at this point or you've been at this point, you dreamed of meeting the perfect guy, having the perfect wedding, getting into the perfect house, having the perfect kids, having the perfect pets, having the perfect life. Can I just see your hand just for a second? Yeah, 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 it's okay to raise your hand, it's okay. And uh, so we've all had those dreams. Now, guys, guys, how many of you, you were teenagers, you dreamed of marrying the perfect woman and twice a day, you guys showed your love for each other. Can I just see that, that dream? Yeah, they, there we go. There we go. How many of you are still dreaming? You're both dreaming. You're, you're still in dreamland, you know? It's like the dream has never been reality. You're like, the dream is a nightmare, and that's why I'm here. So give me something good. So yeah, that's, I'm, we're glad you're here. We're happy that you're here. And uh, I do believe firmly that God has a lot to say in his word that will speak 
to our relationships. And we're going to speak to where you find yourself in the relationship this morning. You see, all of us are somewhere in a relationship. I call it the relationship spectrum, okay? You're somewhere on a spectrum, okay, in the relationship. Now, some of you in this room are what I would call happily married. You are happily married, okay? You're just like, yes, I am in love. I'm happily married. Some of you say, no, 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 no. I am single and it's, it's, I love it. I'm loving life. It is great. Some of you are like, eh, it's complicated. You know, it's just, that's where your relationship's at. It's complicated. And you could just go all through on this spectrum. Some are friends with benefits. Some of you are dating. Some of you are widowed. Some of you are divorced. Some of you are single. And, and I'm not tr- here to judge anyone. I'm just saying we all find ourselves somewhere on the relationship spectrum. And so since we all find ourselves somewhere on the relationship spectrum, we all want to get to a better place. Even if you say, I'm happily married, or even if you say, hey, I'm single and I'm loving it, and what's wrong with that? No, nothing's wrong with any of it. The point is, many of us are just not satisfied with that. We, we do have this desire to have more. And some of us, when it comes to marriage, we've grown up and we've been through either through our parents, our grandparents, or maybe we've been through a messy marriage or a messy relationship, or we've had a bad breakup. And so for you and I, it's kind of like a, 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 a difficult topic to address. And some of us are skeptical when you hear a guy on a Sunday open up a Bible and say, God has a design for a dream marriage. You're just like, that's just too good to offer. I mean, I, I, I would expect that from, uh, you know, QVC or something that's selling it on there, selling some tapes on it or something. But when it comes to your life, you're saying that's, that's not been the case, especially as we look at statistics. What are statistics? Uh, 50% of marriages don't make it. 50%. It's pretty, pretty high statistic. And some have, have thought, well, in the church, it's lower. No, the church is just barely keeping pace, just, just right about the same. So when it comes to something so important that you're going to invest your life, your future, your savings, uh, your emotions, your emotional health, mental health, physical health, you're going you're gonna to in- invest that into another person, all of a sudden it, it, it makes things difficult, does it not? Especially on a Sunday where you hear that God has a dream designed for you almost is is for some of you shutting you down the wall is up okay and so this morning my goal is not to bring the wall down my goal is actually to help us look at God's word and what it actually says when we put it into practice and so that's what we're going to do um Ecclesiastes 5.4, this is where we get the theme from our series it says this when you make a vow to God Do not be late in paying it, for he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. And isn't that interesting? He doesn't say pay what you owe. He says pay what you vow. You made a promise. Now, some of you, uh, you've been to the marriage altar. You've been to the wedding altar, and you you were there, and you made vows, but you didn't make your vows uh, to uh, your crazy uncle. Or your crazy aunt. We all have some crazy person in our family. And if you don't know who it is, it's probably you. And uh, so we all have somebody that's a little bit crazy in our family. And you didn't make the vows to them. You probably had a best man or a maid of honor. You didn't make it to them. You didn't make that vow to the friends, the family, even if you had a pet in the wedding, you didn't make it to them. You made it to God and to your spouse. That's who you made your vow to. And it was a sacred promise. That's what the vow was. It was a sacred promise. And God is saying, hey, pay your vows. You made a vow. Follow through on your 
vows. And so that's what the series is really built on, that, hey, wherever you're at, you want to have a stronger relationship. And you, there is a secret to a solid relationship. We are going to look at that this morning, and we're going to look at, hey, how do we build the relationship? How does a relationship get stronger? How do we have a, have a, have a better marriage? And I'm going to look at Luke chapter number six. And if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter number six. If not, it'll be up on the screen, or in the seat back in front of you is a copy of God's Word. That's our gift to you. You can take that you can have that for free, and uh, we just want you to have a copy of God's Word, just so you know that we're not making this up. We're not just up here, just, just talking away, okay? No, no, I want you to see out of God's Word the truths that will help your relationship. Not just a marriage, not just a marriage, because it'll help anybody wherever you find yourself on the spectrum. Wherever you find yourself, this will help you, and that's our goal. Our goal is leading people to find and follow Jesus. That's to grow, and we want you to grow. And your growth is going to help be helped in many ways. And we encourage you to get all the help you can. So get into a life group. This afternoon at 1 o'clock, there's going to be a life group right here in this building, a board game life group. You say, I want to try out a life group, try out that one. Or tonight at 5.30, right back here in the building, there's going to be another life group. It'll be my life group. You can come back at 5.30. We want you to be surrounded with people that are encouraging you to keep your vows, that are encouraging you to grow in your relationship. So get plugged into community. Get, get, get the help that you need and the help that you want with this. Also, maybe this is your first time at Southridge, and, and you're stepping back. You're like, hey, what's this worship stuff, man? I, I see you guys like... Like this, what's, what's is this? Good? Is it good? Or is that what you're calling? You know, are you landing planes? Like, like what's going on? Are we doing little dances or something? No, 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 that's not. If this is your first time in church, let me just break it down for you. It's nothing new. You go to clubs, and some of you are way crazier in the clubs. Like, we don't know what you're doing. That worm thing, stop it. Just stop it, okay? Um, you know, or the Macarena. Uh, some of you are trying to bring it back. Please, please, it died for a very, very good reason. God does not love it, okay? He hates it, all right? And it's in Second uh, Micaiah chapter 2. Two. He says, I hate the Macarena, so stop it. And uh, no, 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 what it is is a sign when we are worshiping, and you'll see whenever um, somebody's drowning, if you see somebody's drowning, hopefully you try to rescue them. Hopefully you're that type of person. But usually if you see somebody drowning, what are they doing with their hands? Their hands are just up. They're up saying, rescue me, I need help. What are we doing when we're worshiping? We're saying, God, I need help. God, you're singing the song. God, I, I really need you in my job. I need you in my relationship. That's what we're doing. It's a sign of not weakness. It's a sign of surrender. We're surrendering our problems to God. We're surrendering our stress to God. We're surrendering our anxiety and our pain and, and all the worries this week. That's what we're doing. So when you see somebody doing that, don't be the person that's like, mm, you're embarrassing me. No, no, no. Let them just give it to God. Let them do that. That was free. You don't have to pay for that. The rest of the message you do, but that part was free. So we're looking at the secret to a solid marriage. Luke chapter 6, notice if you would, just a few verses. Now, when it comes to studying the Bible, and we believe firmly in the Bible, uh, the Bible has but one interpretation. Every passage has one interpretation, but many applications, okay? So we are looking at an inter interpretation in the Scripture, but we're going to apply it to our relationship. So chapter 6, verse 46, here's what it says. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Many of you parents have experienced the exact same thing. Why do you call me mom and you never obey me, okay? You might as well be somebody else's kid because you never obey. Or husbands to your wives. 
lives. No, let's not go there. Uh, let's, uh, you know, it's like, you know, why do you keep doing this and you don't listen? Or you've had that employee, you've had that friend, that relative, you all can relate to what Jesus is saying. Jesus is frustrated. Who's he frustrated with? People that call themselves Christ followers. So you're not the only person that's uh, frustrated with people that are call themselves Christ followers. Jesus was like, hey, why are you calling me Lord? You don't follow what I'm saying. So he continues on. He says, verse 47, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. He is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays a firm foundation on a solid rock. So when the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it's well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it'll collapse into a heap of ruins. I like what Eugene Peterson said in the message translation. He said this. He said, if you work the words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. When the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing could shake it. It was built to last. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation. When the swollen river came crushing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. It was a total loss. And many of us have seen or maybe even experienced a relationship that felt like a house of cards, that anything was going to bring it down. So this morning, what are we looking at? We're looking at a foundation. We're looking at the first vow. What's the first vow? The first vow is going to be the vow of priority. Write that down if you're keeping notes. Uh, note takers are history makers. It's the, it's the vow of priority, okay? And if I can't spell, you can email me at john at Southridge San Jose, okay? That's where all my emails go to. All right, so we're looking at the vow of priority. And the first priority, and many times when we look at priorities and relationships, you know what we do? We prioritize things, but they're not the right things. You prioritize typically that person. It was easy to prioritize that person. That's kind of common. But God is kind of flipping things on its head. He's saying, no, 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 no. That's the wrong foundation. A relationship is just like a house. You got to build on the right foundation. And he said, there's two types of foundation in this passage. He's saying, there's a foundation of sand, and I brought some sand, and I brought red sand for Valentine's Day. There's, there's, there's a foundation of sand, and, and sand's fun to play with. It's fun, fun to look at. It's fun to go to the beach and build sand castles. But here's the thing about sand. It doesn't hold, does it? It won't last. It won't make it a year or two or three or four or five or a decade or 40 years or 50 years. It, it won't last. So, so God is saying, hey, there's some of you, you don't realize you're a foolish builder. You're building the most important thing in your life on sand. Then he says there's a wise person and they're building their life on the rock. They're building on something strong, something that'll last, something that'll stand. They're building on the rock. So this morning we are talking about building our life on something, building our relationships on something. So wherever you find yourself this morning in a relationship, whether single, whether engaged, whether married, whether dating, whether friends with benefits, it doesn't matter. Wherever you find yourself, you're building some type of foundation. And the question we're asking ourselves is the type of foundation we're building on a strong foundation. And so we see this morning, first of all, that we need to build our marriages on either uh, sand or stone. Like you're going to pick one. Which one are you going to pick? You get to decide what you're going to build on. It's your choice. You see, marriages will either be built on sand or built on, on stone. Today, we admire the city of New York City, especially Manhattan, for its beautiful skyline, right? It's beautiful. It's iconic. You know what's interesting? Geologists have, have looked at the, uh, the, 
downtown Manhattan, and they said, this is incredible that we can build some of the world's tallest buildings in such a small, dense area. Why is that? So they started to dig down, and they realized that Manhattan, all these buildings just so happens to be, not only is it a great location, or it just, it all just happened. No, no, no. There just so happens to be this giant rock underneath Manhattan that these big buildings can be built on because otherwise they just wouldn't be able to stand and so you and I we have to step back and we have to peel back some layers and say hey what is our relationship actually built on many of you you've been in a relationship even if it was dating or engaged it broke apart and then you trace it back to the fact that we built it on the wrong foundations and so this morning we need to make an observation are we building on sand sandy marriages that just collapse like the 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 sand castles we build at the beach that as soon as the tide comes in it washes it all away and the next day you start all over and that's frustrating for a relationship and some of you feel like you're in that relationship where man all the work you did yesterday just gets washed away the next day and so you try again you try to build it again and it gets washed away and finally you say call it quits why because you're building on sand And for some of us, we don't know that there's better materials out there. We don't know that there is, instead of sand, that there is a stone. And so Jesus is pointing to the fact that the stone represents marriages that are strong. So if you're taking notes, write this down. You never get a solid marriage on a sandy system. You say, what do you mean a sandy system? Today, there's all kinds of marriage, dating, and relationship advice. You don't have to go far to get advice. Everybody's got advice on relationships and dating. And I'm just one of the many uh, millions of voices that are speaking into relationships this morning. And so I want to point out the fact that oftentimes when it comes to relationship, marriage, and dating advice, it's built on a sandy system. You say, what's the system? It's this. It started when we watched our first Disney movie. You say, what was that? The Disney princess is looking for the one. Oh, the mythical one, the, the, the great white buffalo, the unicorn, the infamous, unmistakable, the one where, man, it is lightning strike, butterflies in your stomach. This is your head over heels. You just, man, he's the one. I mean, just look at him. He's amazing. Look at her. She's just amazing, you know, and you're just kind of like, I found the one. And then you call your friends. I met the one. Uh, I, I met the one. She's great. She's perfect, you know, and it's just kind of one of these, one of these great things, and that's what culture tells you just find the one think about it there's almost eight billion people (laughs) one out of eight billion that's that's pretty terrible odds that you're going to find the one i mean you know matter of fact some of you have even had the thoughts that maybe i married the wrong one and all of us get those thoughts because everything starts out great everything even the new car the new job the new baby it all starts out good Everything in life starts out good. Even your walk with God starts out great. But then something happens. Difficulties come in. And so you have to build on something stronger than a sandy system. And the sandy system says, hey, look for the one. And then it doesn't just stop there. It goes on. It says, then make sure that person fulfills all your deepest dreams, desires, and wants. That that person takes care of you. That that person is there for you. And you know what? When you're dating or you first fall in love, it's kind of easy to always be there for that person. It's kind of easy to be there for the phone calls. It's kind of easy with the text messages and the cute snaps and man, showing up at their work. Man, you're in the in love, infatuation stage. So it's just easy to be romantic. Man, that, that's easy. But then give a little bit of time and things get a little bit harder. 
gets a little bit harder, your schedule a little bit more uh, uh, difficult, or, or all of a sudden uh, that guy finally does get a job and finally does move out of his parents' uh, house and couch, and you're excited. You're like, he's making progress, but here's the problem with that progress is now instead of being from eight to five with you, he's now eight to five with a job, okay? And that's a good thing, but yet now it means less time for you. He's not as emotionally available. He's not as physically available. And now things start happening, and you're frustrated in the relationship, and now you're wondering, did I get together with the wrong one? Because you put your hopes, dreams, and fears all into this one person. And guess what? No person can meet that pressure. No person can live up to it. And I wrote this down. You will be disappointed in the results. If you do that to somebody, you will always be disappointed with the results. Why? Nobody can live up to that. Why? Because your spouse lacks the emotional resources to meet all those needs. Your spouse doesn't have the emotional resources to always be on. Hey, you lack the emotional resources to always be on. Come on, have you ever had a bad day? You ever had a day, just a case of the blues? You ever had a day where you just couldn't get enough coffee? Ever had a day where you just felt like nothing is going your way? You ever had a day like alfalfa where the clouds just parted and God looked down and said, I hate you, alfalfa. I mean, you ever experienced that? No, just alfalfa, okay, all right. But we've all been through those days where it just wasn't working. And then you're just like, oh, as soon as I get home, as soon as I get home, they're going to fix everything. I'm going to get home and they're going to have my favorite drink ready. I'm going to get home and they're going to take off my shoes, my boots, and they're going to give me a little foot massage. And it's going to be great. They're going to greet me at the door with a kiss. And then as soon as you walk in, all of a sudden it's chaos. Kids are screaming. Food is flying. She looks like just a, a, a mess a hot mess, a beautiful mess, but a mess. And you're just like, where's my kiss? And she's like, forget that, you know? And you're feeling like getting intimate. And she's like, all right, you want some? You know, and you're just like, get away, you know? You're like, do I need to exercise a demon out of this person or something, you know? I don't know. I left my wife this morning. I came back and I don't know who this is. Well, she has three kids all under the age of four. What do you expect, okay? She hasn't had a shower. She hasn't gone pee by herself. There's nothing that she can do by herself for the whole day and now you come home and you expect her to be looking all fine and awesome and looking great and you have these expectations and guess what she can't meet them and all of a sudden a little thought pops in your head she's the wrong one (laughs) oh I probably married the wrong one because the right one would know when I'm having a bad day they can't have a bad day like we work those things out a little bit better Like we make sure on our calendar, only one person's allowed to have a bad day at a time. We don't get to both do it. I know we're one, but we don't both get to have a bad day at the same time. Because how are you going to meet my needs? You see, that's what happens, doesn't it? You see, your partner, spouse, lacks the emotional resource to always be on. So it's a poor thing when you say, you know what? I'm going to find the one. This one's going to meet every need. You know what that is? It's a sandy system. It doesn't hold up forever. And all of a sudden, you realize this is just sand. It's all sand. It's going to collapse. It's going to fall apart, and it's not going to work. And that's why we see uh, uh, 50% of relationships don't make it. Why? It's all sand. And here's the ultimate thing. You see, you're going to be disappointed with the results. They're going to lack emotional resource, and you will begin to resent them. You see, oftentimes, marriages and relationships are destroyed not because of the verbal dialogue, but because of the mental dialogue. You say, what do you mean? Let me, let me zero it in. Wow, she really loved me. She would have fixed herself up and been available. If he really loved me, he would have been home at 530. 
But neither one is actually telling the other one that. They're just thinking in their head. And then it goes on, well, don't I deserve for him to be home at 5.30 to help out with the kids? Don't I deserve for her just to recognize me that, hey, I'm working hard. I'm bringing home the bacon, literally bacon, like I brought home bacon. You know, doesn't she understand that now I got me some needs and she just kind of needs to be available? Like, what is wrong? And all of a sudden, this mental dialogue, oh, you know what? I bet she's, I bet she's moving on to greener pastures. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you start thinking of him. Oh, man, he hired a new secretary. Mm, she was kind of pretty, maybe too pretty. How come he never hires an ugly secretary? And all these thoughts start coming through our mind, like, huh, she wears that, huh? She's a size four, huh? Okay, all right, size four, little Miss Four, okay. All right, who she thinks she is? Okay, Miss Four, for this, man, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like we start going off and instead, we don't step back. And what's destroying the relationship? It's not the, the, the outward dialogue. It's all the mental. It's the mental. A lot of our relationships are destroying the mental. And here's why. Here's why. It's been said, you can't lead where you haven't been, and you can't give what you don't have. You ever heard that adage? You ever heard that? I've heard it. Here's the thing. Yeah, you can't lead where you haven't been, and you can't give what you don't have, but you will give what you do have. Let me show you. If you're filled with jealousy and anger, and bitterness towards your spouse, your partner, guess what's coming out? Jealousy, anger, and bitterness. So what starts in the head is going to come out from the heart, and it's going to pour into that relationship, and it's going to start to sour the relationship, and that's where it starts. And many of us are so frustrated, and we're like, why isn't this person getting what I'm saying? And many of you actually think, this is what's crazy, you actually think you had a conversation and explained all this stuff, but it was all in your own head. You actually never told them what you're really going through, what you're really feeling. It's all in your head. And you're like, no, we had this conversation. And then the person's like, uh, uh, actually, you had it with yourself. I'm not calling you crazy. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, we need to get you checked into a mental institute. I'm just saying, we never had this conversation. You've been having it over and over and over. And then all of a sudden, they step back. They're like, you're right. You see, what happens is you can't expect what you did not express Sometimes we have expectations of our partner, of our spouse, that we never express. Have you ever expressed, I would like you to be home at 5.30? I would like you to be available for intimacy once a week, twice a week, uh, twice a day. I don't know. Just have the conversation. Don't have the expectation. And many times we can end the frustration by having the conversation. And those two kind of rhyme, so it's easy, easy to write it down, easy to work it out, easy to talk it out. Because why? Many of you are tired of a sandy relationship. Many of you are tired of this. It's frustrating. You're ready to give up. You're ready to walk away. You're ready to call the divorce lawyer. You're ready to split up the kids. You're ready to split up the house. You're ready to just, just, just pull the ripcord and you're out of that relationship. You're just ready. But have you ever considered that maybe that's all just sand you built on? Maybe it's all sand. Maybe it's time where you say, you know what? Okay, God, let's give you a chance. Where God says a wise person's building in stone. A wise person. You know what he says about wise person? He says a wise person is digging. He's digging. It takes work. It takes work. So many, maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, that's a sandy system. I got it. But here's the thing. I'm in church. Here's the thing. I'm reading my Bible. Here's the thing. I'm going to a life group. Here's the thing. I'm praying. I'm in ministry. I serve at the church. I serve on the praise team. I serve in my make coffee. I greet people. And guess what? My marriage still sucks. Can I point out something in the passage? 
Did you see? Even though they both had a different foundation, they both went through the same circumstances. Did you see it in the scripture passage? It said one person, the wise person, built on the rock. The other person, the foolish person, built on the sand. But both of them experienced the exact same storm. Write this down if you're taking notes. Just because your relationship was built on a rock doesn't mean it won't have rocky moments. Just because your relationship is built on the rock doesn't mean you won't experience rocky moments. There will be rocky moments. There will be those moments where you're like, I, I don't know, God, I'm trying, Lord. We're trying to, trying to build on the firm foundation. We're trying to build on something strong. But God, right now it's tough. God, God, right now it's difficult. And that's what God's saying. But I want to speak life into you this morning that if you're going through a rocky moment, God says, don't worry, you're built on the rock. You're built on something that will stand this morning, okay? So this morning, just say, God, thank you that I built this on the rock. God, thank you that your strength is there. Thank you that your grace is available. Thank you that your mercy is available. So God, this morning, I won't worry about my spouse. I won't get upset. I know that we built this on the rock so it can withstand the difficult times. Say amen, somebody. Because too often, many of you, you're frustrated because you thought the relationship would never have any negative rocky moments. And you know what you said. You call somebody up. You called up, and I, I called my parents. And you know what they said? They probably said something, your family or whoever said something similar to you. The honeymoon is over. You know what they're saying? They're saying, hey, welcome to misery. It's about time you got here with the rest of us. Man, you guys have been married for over a year, and we were waiting for you to finally hit real life. They were just jealous, and so all of a sudden, they're just like, hey, welcome. This is, this is reality. This is it. But here's the thing, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to. You see, you will hit rocky moments. What do you do in those rocky moments? You see, those rocky moments are there where God can work in your life. You see, marriages that are built on the rock will still have rocky moments. So what do we do? Don't let your mind run away with you. You see, too often what we do is our minds are like a runaway freight train. And our minds jump on that train. We don't know where it's going to end up. We don't know where it's going, but we let our minds just take off with us and fear and anxiety and worry, and all of a sudden the relationship is destroyed in our mind, and guess what? We end up becoming what we've been visualizing. You can't always think about something and think about something and it not happen. It's going to happen. So we need to say, you know what? I need to have my mind fixed on God. Because the Bible says, blesses the man who keeps his focus on God. You see, perfect peace God gives to those who, whose mind is fixed on God. So this morning, we have to say, you know what? My relationship isn't perfect and no one's is. But you know what? I'm going to keep my mind fixated on the rock this morning. I love this verse, Hebrews 13, 4. It says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful one to another in marriage. So let kindness conquer your contempt in the relationship. Let the kindness rule. You see, how do I do that? First of all, love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. Many times this is very difficult for us to love unconditionally. You know, it's one of those things where we, we put those conditions that I'll, I'll love you if, I'll love you if, you keep this, you do this, you're available, or you're not, whatever. We all have our conditions. But what if we just started saying, hey, I'm going to love unconditionally? Not only love unconditionally, what if we engage fully? What if we engage fully? You know what happens? It's amazing how often that we don't engage fully, learning to be fully present, fully in the moment, fully engaged. 
I like listening to Oprah. Any Oprah fans in the house? I'm just, I don't, I'm just in a big Oprah kick, okay? All right, and uh, she has a great podcast, Super Soul Sunday. Any Super Soul Sunday fans? Okay, just me. All right, that's all right. And uh, I really like listening to Oprah. And she does all these interviews. They're great. These interviews are fantastic. And she did an interview with Cindy Crawford, okay? And in the interview, Cindy Crawford started talking about her life growing up. And she talked about how out of a family with four siblings, the youngest was a... Um, was a, a, a boy. Her dad always wanted a boy, and the first three were girls, and they kept trying. The fourth was finally that boy, somebody to carry on the, the family name. And every, every dad wants a boy, just sometimes they just, ah, you want that boy, you know, just somebody to wrestle with, beat up with, and everything, just cut up with. You just want that, right? And so Cindy talked about, man, that was just a big deal. Well, it wasn't long in his young life he, he contacted leukemia. Very severe, very, very dangerous form of leukemia and so as a young boy he, he he was fighting it but she said it was interesting even at the age of two and three it was like he knew he wasn't going to win the fight she said you would go into into her brother's room and you would see him drawing where other kids are drawing fire trucks and houses he's drawing heaven and angels and he's writing prayers she was like it's almost a sixth sense where where she said it's kind of a, a mixed blessing because it was such a tragic loss that you kind of knew his mind was there. And she recounted the fact how one day they went to the doctor just before the Christmas holiday, and he, he would have these horrible bone marrow transplant things, and, and they had another procedure that they were going to do. Very painful, very difficult, very brutal for the parents to watch their son as he would deal with all the needles. And, and she said, you know, we were all in the room, and he's just three years old, and she, she said her, her youngest brother looked at the doctor and said, I won't be coming back. And the doctor thought, well, maybe this is just because... Uh, all the pain that he's gone through, all, all the hurt. So the doctor said, yeah, yeah, no, we understand. And the doctor looked at the parents, I'll see you guys after the new year. It was just a few days later that Cindy said that he passed away. It was like he knew. It's like he knew that this was the end. She said, though, once that happened, my parents' marriage very quickly ended because of the trial of losing their son. And she said, you know, it was amazing. I had the best parents. They always came to everything. They always showed up. They did all the right things. We were a small town, Illinois. Everybody knew each other. Everybody loved each other. Everybody cared. Everybody went to church. It was just, and she said, I don't know why they didn't, but it was that, that, that storm. You see, the reality is we're all going to face the storm, aren't we? We're all going to face moments where we don't know how to handle. We're all going to face these painful uh, uh, moments that we don't wish them on anybody. We don't wish the loss on anybody. We don't wish the pain on anybody, the hurt on anybody. But it's all going to happen in life because life is happening. And Oprah went on to say, and I like to think uh, Oprah probably preached this message better than I could, but she ain't here, all right? So it's just me. But uh, Oprah said two good things right after this. She said, you know, when it comes to life, you can only prepare for what might happen. You can only prepare for what might happen. And then she said, then you can only control how you respond to what does happen. You can only prepare for what might happen, and you can only control how you respond to what does happen. Because only God can control what will happen. And how many times are we fixated thinking, I could control her, I could control him, and you can't. You can't. You can't control the situation. And how many of us think, I can control and I can make this and I can do this? No, no, no. You know what that is? That is sandy living. That is a sandy lifestyle. 
And you'll be so frustrated. What we're learning today is to say, you know what? The battle of priority is not the priority of making that person your priority. The priority is saying, hey, God is my priority and building on the rock. And Jesus is my rock. He's the one that I stand on. And I get it. You mean well when you get the Hallmark card and says, to my baby, to my love, to my rock. Yes. And I get it. It's awesome. It's cool. But guess what? That won't hold up. That person is not strong enough. And I know they're a strong person. I'm not putting down your uh, partner, your spouse. I'm just saying that foundation won't hold. God is saying build it on the rock. That's the vow of priority. But then once you get the vow of priority right, where you say, hey, baby, we are building this on the rock, then God says, guess what? Let's grow this thing. Let's build this thing. Let's together engage fully. Let's be fully present. How many times are we so present in golf, so present in football, so present in front of the TV, so present with our friends, so present with all the situations or with our gym or with our job, but yet then when it comes to being present with our spouse, we're kind of like, mm-hmm, how was your day? Mm-hmm, yeah, what's going on? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Well, okay, all right. And you don't even know they actually got up from the table and they actually walked away. And you're just like, hey, where'd you go? I was talking to you. And they were like, yeah, right. You were mumbling and staring at your phone. Some of you are doing it right now. You're just like, mm-hmm, preacher. Yeah, go ahead. Yep, that's good. Amen. Uh-huh. Yep. Warriors, woo. Oh, I know I have eyes everywhere I'm watching you guys. Because why? We have the hardest time being fully present, and you don't think that's not going to negatively affect your relationship? Of course it will. Of course it will. Because more often than not, you know what your spouse wants? More than your physical availability is your emotional availability. Just emotionally there. Just emotionally present. Just, just to talk. I have a homework assignment. You say, I didn't come to church to do no schoolwork. I know, but today you are. This week, it's Valentine's Day. Some of you are going to go on a date. Some of you are looking for a date. Some of you need to look in church, see if there's a date. I don't know. Say, hey, hey, who's available? Hey, I'm single. And uh, you're looking for that person. But this week with that spouse, this is for anybody who's in a serious relationship. Not you just met on Tinder yesterday in your first date of that church, okay? We're not judging. Welcome to Southridge. You wouldn't be the first person that's like, hey, Pastor, uh, I want you to meet this friend of mine. Uh, we just met today at church. Oh, that's great. We met on Tinder. That's ah, all good. You know, God uses whatever. I don't, no judge, judgment-free zone. But you're in a serious relationship. This is not something you met two weeks ago because this homework assignment will end that serious two-week relationship. It will. This is what I want you to do. If you're in a serious relationship, I want you to take them out this week. I want you to get two pieces of paper, and I want you to write down what is the highest priority in their life that you believe is happening right now. Not what's the highest priority in your life. Because we're all good enough, and forgive me, we can edit this off the podcast. We're, we're really good at BSing our way in relationships, okay? We're really good at that. And your spouse sees that a mile away, all right? So sit down and say, hey, this is just what I see. And, and, and spouse, this isn't like, yes, thank you, pastor. I've been waiting to just zing them with this one. No, no, no. This is in love and humility. This is, hey, I just want to let you know that, you know what? Uh, and I'm going to throw something really crazy. You're really into your bowling league. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're into bowling. I don't know. You're really into your, um, you know, your, your, your League of Legends. I don't know. You're really into Netflix. You're really into whatever. And let them say it. And you listen. And you will find that the relationship 
will drastically change by the fact that you just said, you know what, this is just what I'm seeing. Because your spouse is not supposed to be the highest priority in the relationship. Newsflash, if you've never heard that, the spouse is not the highest priority. God is the highest priority, but your spouse is still a higher priority than everything else. Too often, you are making your children your highest priority, but here's the thing about children. You're raising them to leave. I got a couple parents that are like, amen, thank you, Jesus. Save us. Take the wheel, Jesus. Some of you are like, we need to have like an exorcism out of the demons out of our children, okay? My kids get up way too early, and they just, it's just craziness, right? Just craziness, all right? And yet you put so much time and energy into these people that are going to take off. And I'm not saying stop parenting, being a good parent. I was listening to somebody else talk this week, and they were talking about uh, uh, parenting. And they said a good parent knows when to give their child a pat on the back and a pat on the butt. There's a 12-inch difference between those. And a good parent knows when your child needs one or the other. Now, there's a 12-inch difference between the head and the heart, and you need to know when your spouse, which one your spouse needs. Do they need the matter of fact, well, baby, you want to go out, but guess what? We have $42 in the savings account, and so guess what? You can't spend all this money in a new dress. I've just noticed that in any time my wife wants to go make herself look better, get her hair done, get her nails done, I will get a second job. I will get a credit card. I will do whatever. When she wants her hair done, I win. She wants to buy new clothes, I win. She wants to go to Vicky's Secrets, I win, all right? I'm just saying, I win. Why are you guys complaining? I don't understand you, all right? Is it too real in church today? A little bit too real for you? Feeling a little bit warm? Feeling like I brought my parents here? I brought my visitor? What is happening to me? You're pouring down sweat. You're getting nervous. It's okay. Relax, relax. It's okay. Just breathe. God wants to speak some truth into you. And he just wants you to say, you know what? Some of the things you're really frustrated about, let him. Your wife, your husband wants to go to the gym and spend a bunch of money, get a trailer and get their body looking all good. Don't think it's for their secretary. That's for you. That's for you. Don't think that, oh man, they just want to get that little diet and buy all those extra uh, supplements of protein because they're trying to, no. They really do want to make life better for you. Believe the best about your spouse. We're running out of time, we're almost out of time, but write this last point down. Focus on the foundation. You say, how do I fix the relationship? Focus on the foundation. You know what too often we do? We focus on feelings not the foundation. And God is speaking to you this morning saying, hey, you're trying to fix feelings. That's the symptom. But you got to get below the surface to what's really going on. You got to get beneath it. You see, your biggest argument that you just had this week or last week was not about that thing. That was just to reveal the fact that, hey, in this area of our relationship, we're not building on stone, we're building on sand. And so we got to fix this. And we can, by the grace and mercy of God, we can fix this. God can restore this. He can build this up because God loves marriage. He invented it. He created it. He wants you to have the best marriage, the blessed marriage. He created it in Genesis chapter number two. And guess what? One day when Jesus comes back, he is called. He's looking for the bride of Christ. This thing started with the wedding and it's going to end with the wedding. So God is for marriage and he's for your marriage this morning. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be happy. And some of you don't know if God really wants that for you. That's why you refuse to get married. You're like, no, friends with benefits is 
I always got to out. That's not love. That's not love. Oh, I love you, baby. Then listen to Beyonce. If you want it, put a ring on it. All right? Come on now. Some of you ladies, you have way more power than you realize. I'm just saying. You're waiting for him to commit. I'm telling you what. There are some things that you can do. And he, all of a sudden, he will step up to the plate. And if he walks, guess what? You are too good for him. Amen? Somebody say amen. Because too often, there's a lot of ladies that think, oh, I just got, I got to do whatever I got to do to keep him. No. There's a guy that will honor you and respect you. When you focus on the foundation, you see the difference of the two relationships is the, was the digging. That's the difference. The one decided to do no foundation. The other then built the foundation. One had to dig. And some of you this week, you got to dig in the relationship. You're going to have to work in the relationship. It's going to take digging to be patient. It's going to take some digging to have some kindness. It's going to take some digging to have some love. It's going to take some digging to have some compassion. It's going to take some digging to sacrifice. It's going to take some digging to die to your rights and to get up out of bed and take care of the kids so she doesn't have to or he doesn't have to. It's going to take some digging. Marriage is work, but your marriage will work if you work it. Too often we live in a culture that says, I don't want to work on marriage. I'll go find me a divorce lawyer. And I'm not putting anybody down right now. I'm just saying, they make it real easy to check out. And maybe God is reminding you, hey, first, focus on this. You say, why? Because we protect our priorities. I'm landing this plane. I got to wrap it up. I'm way over my time. But notice this. In Genesis, it says, hey, I created the man to leave father and mother and to be joined, to cleave to his wife. The word leave in that passage, to leave father and mother. I know some of you from a small uh, or a small close-knit family environment. And so when it comes to this word leaving father and mother, you're like, what? But think about it for a second. Adam didn't have a father and mother. So what's God talking about? He's talking about the principle of connection. Sometimes you're in a relationship and your connections with your friends or your family is stronger than the connection with your spouse. And God is using a a Hebrew word, leave. It's the Hebrew word and it means to loosen that bond so that you can tighten another bond with your spouse. And this week, that's the vow of priority. Say, hey, we're gonna get back to the foundation. And when you make God your number one, you're making your spouse your number two. And then you can put the kids in there. Then you can put church in there. And then you can put the job in there. Some of us, our job is our highest priority. It should probably be our lowest. Because the job's not going to be there to raise the kids. The job's not going to be there to make sure the wife is taken care of. The job is not going to be there one day. What do you want? And so this morning, we're looking at God help us. You see, the vow was made because the both of you shared a vision of your future together. That's why you made the vow, because of a shared vision. And that shared vision was birthed from your values, or I could say the word priorities. But what happens is oftentimes our priorities change, but we didn't tell our spouse. We didn't tell our spouse that golf is bigger, the car is bigger, the job is bigger, my friends are bigger, sports is bigger, my hobbies is bigger. It's time we say, you know what, no. The vow of priority, I made a vow and my priorities this. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting southridgesanjose.com slash connect. Again, that's southridgesanjose.com slash connect.